Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the McCullough Cast. Uh, we're coming in hot this week because the uh, college football playoff rankings came out. Um, and I'm not a Cincinnati fan, but I'm not too happy about them. If I were a Cincinnati fan, it, the the rant would be too hot to, to publish. <laughs> it would be unfathomable of the explicitives I would use to, to define my rage. Um, if you haven't seen them, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon round out the top four. Uh, Ohio State and Cincinnati followed around out the top six. Uh, and then Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame follow in behind them. Um, but if one thing's clear now from these rankings, it's a group of five team will never get into the playoffs without an expansion. That's that's the, that's the only way at this point I could ever see a, a group of five team getting in if they're going to use the whatever criteria they've been using. No, and it's, it's ridiculous because you've got a Cincinnati team who, granted, these last two weeks have been a little slow starting, but they've still won. But they beat a number 10 Notre Dame team. And you're telling me that's not good enough to get in the top four when you have an Oregon team who lost to Stanford or Alabama, who, honestly, I'm not surprised, is up there with Georgia because they're the SEC and it's Nick Saban. And it's just, I mean, personally, probably yeah, biased. It's a, it's a but prestige thing. Yeah, yeah, and... Michigan State, honestly, with the win over Michigan, I understand. They earned it. But Cincinnati doesn't even get top four? Yeah, and, and their their argument or explanation for why Cincinnati missed out was they beat Notre Dame, but who else have they played? And my argument is, to them, that's a cop-out because the best team Georgia's played is number 13 Auburn, who has two losses. The best team Alabama's played, like you said, number 14, Texas A&M, who they lost to. They also played number 16, Ole Miss, who has two losses. Oregon and Ohio State's toughest games were against each other, in which Oregon won. Ohio State has a loss. And Ohio State's best win was against 5-3 and three Penn State. And like you said, a 3-5 and five Stanford team was able to beat Oregon. So it's like, I don't know what Cincinnati's supposed to prove, because they've beat a top 10 team in the rankings right now. They're undefeated, just like Michigan State. Both of them, I think, have legitimate claims to a playoff spot. There's nothing that Cincinnati could have done differently over the season. Sure, you could beat teams by a higher margin, but at the end of the day, are wins not what matters? If if you're not ranking teams based on wins and losses, what are you ranking them on? And and I I felt like we could see this coming last week because... I don't know who it was that's part of the committee, but she was basically saying that they'll take into account everyone's resumes, but at the end of the day, they think, or to themselves, they ask, who would win? Who do they think would win? So in their heads, they're saying, in a game against Alabama and Cincinnati, who do we think would win? Apparently, they're making Alabama, but the whole purpose of a college football season is to play the games to determine who's going to win. You can't just sit here. If you're going to sit here and say, I think this team would beat this team, why play the games? Just come in at the beginning of the season, rank everyone how you think that's going to happen, and just go play one big 64-team playoff for the whole season. Oh, no. That would, like, I, mean, a, I, mean, I mean, like a, uh, like March Madness, but in the fall for football? That, yeah, don't, don't, nice. don't even play games. Just come in straight to a tournament. You lose, you're out. You play, if you lose the first game, you're out. Like If that's how you want to do it, fine. But the current format is you play your games, you get your wins, and you get spots into the playoffs as a reward for getting those wins. What are they supposed to do? 
They can't just call up Ohio State or Alabama and say, hey, you want to schedule a game real quick? It doesn't work that way. So it's like you have to give them at least some opportunity at a shot of a playoff in, in the current format. It, it, I mean, I just don't understand what, what they expect from Cincinnati to give them a fair shot. Yeah, I'm speechless. I mean, the the only other team they play is SMU, who's 23 right now. But uh, if they coming, beat them, is that does that count as oh beating a ranked team? And they're gonna that that gets well, them in. And, and now SMU's coming off a loss to Houston, so it's like, are uh, they really I, that good? I mean, it's not Cincinnati's fault that the people they're playing suck. Like, I mean, Alabama plays teams year after year. Their non conference opponents are weak. All they have to do is beat a slate of. Typically weak East teams and then a few good West teams, but they lost to that West team this year. What, so what happens now if we go into the conference championship season, Cincinnati's still undefeated, and there's been some chaos in the Big Ten, some chaos in the SEC, and now Alabama has a loss to Texas A&M and a loss to Georgia. Georgia's still undefeated. However the Big Ten's going to shake out, whoever wins that, are you still going to put Alabama in because their loss comes to the number one Georgia Ooh. team and Cincinnati just won the AC, AAC championship? When was the last time Alabama didn't make the playoffs? Uh, two years ago, I think. And I think it was Clemson who took their – Oklahoma who took their spot. Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio, Ohio State, State, and – some. It wasn't Notre Dame? Uh, no, I think the year Notre Dame made it, Alabama was also in. Um, You're right. They played each other. I can't, I can't remember who it was. I, I know they've missed it a year. But it was also a year they had two losses. It's true. But 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 uh, the year they had two losses. So yeah, and they but they've been in years they've had two losses, which is ridiculous. because they they justify it by saying it's a it's loss a, to an undefeated yeah, SEC SEC team. This doesn't like, make sense. I just, yeah, there's there's just no rhyme or reason. And the only thing I agree with is is Oklahoma at eight. Now with with that though, does Oklahoma have a chance if they win out? They beat fourteen Baylor. They beat eleven Oklahoma State, and they beat. A previously ranked Iowa State. Do they have a chance? Do you think to sneak in there? Because, I, like we just said, I, I think I think their chances are better than Cincinnati. Because if they do win out and then win the Big Twelve, you'll say we have an undefeated Big Twelve champion, a Power Five team. How could you not let them into the playoffs? Which brings a further question in: If Alabama does lose to Georgia in this SEC championship game, they're out. If for Oklahoma, obviously Georgia will be in because they're undefeated. If Michigan State stays undefeated and there's wins no the Big Ten, there's no out. way they don't get in. If Ohio State wins out and wins the Big Ten, there's no way they don't get in. You think they take Oregon spot? They're already well. They're 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 already sitting right there, right behind Oregon. If they win, if they win out and win the Big Big Ten champion, which <laughs> I I don't see who's gonna beat them <laughs> in the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, and, and so now and now you're 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 you have jumbled. Because even Michigan, they have their one loss to Michigan State. What if they went out and they go on to to beat? Michigan, like my see, that's my thing. Like Cincinnati, their only team that they have not beat by ten or more points was Navy. One week they're off. How are you going to tell me that that's not enough to put in? So they even beat Notre Dame by eleven points. They beat, they blew out, they blew out most of the teams they played this year. And it's just, well, just doesn't and the, make sense. And the committee is saying you're allowed to have an off week if you're going to put a, a one loss Alabama in over teams that. Don't have and losses. a one loss Oregon, yeah, <laughs> like to a bad Stanford team. Like, yeah, I, I just don't understand the, the it. It's basically very clear Cincinnati will not make the playoffs. No, I, I actually in, don't think they can, unless there are some huge chaos moves, such as, um, you know, Alabama gets beaten in the SEC championship game or takes another loss to maybe Auburn. Um, Ohio State goes on to lose Michigan. Like, 
you the only way Cincinnati's getting in is if the Big Ten falls apart, the SEC falls apart, and then maybe some chaos in the Pac-12 where Oregon takes another loss. There, I, yeah, I don't see like, Oregon they need to anybody. a lot of help like, because Oregon, because if even if you look, if Ohio State drops out, Michigan's right behind them to jump. Oklahoma's right there, ready to jump. Like they have teams already in place to jump Cincinnati in the event that some chaos happens. So I, I, I don't see it, and I don't think it's it's fair. And this is the this is going to be the season. I hope that finally gets the commissioners to say we have to expand this. So yeah, I there's just it's the best. I think if Cincinnati really doesn't make it, it is the best season to give a reason to expand. Now that's that's not to say Cincinnati couldn't drop a game. Like if they do that, then sure, it's a group of five team with a loss. Like they, that, they're not getting. Yeah, it. That, yeah. that's yeah, fine. Makes sense. But if they go undefeated and you don't put them in, either you need to expand or you need to reevaluate the criteria for for putting people in because otherwise it it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but we'll see over the next few weeks what happens uh, over the games that get played and and whether uh, anything opens up for Cincinnati. Um, Speaking of Cincinnati, though, they, they had a, a so, somewhat of a slow start to, to uh, the Tulane game this past weekend, but they finished 31-12. to uh, It was 14-12 Cincinnati at the half, and they scored 17 unanswered in the second half. Um, I didn't realize this until I looked into uh, this game. Tulane's schedule's been crazy. They have played four ranked opponents, including Oklahoma, Ole Miss, SMU, and Cincinnati. Like that, That's a gauntlet of a schedule for a team like Tulane. Oh, my gosh. Um and they, I mean, they kept it close to Oklahoma. And they played Houston, who who beat SMU. Um, and that, I mean, that I, I couldn't think of another team with harder schedules in in wow. most conferences. Yeah. Wow. That's a harder schedule than Oregon had. <laughs> <laughs> That's no wonder they're one in seven. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I was when I was looking through it. I I, I remember we mentioned Tulane at the beginning of the season because o- Oklahoma only beat them by five. Yeah. Uh, but I just haven't kept up with them since then, and they've been playing a gauntlet of a schedule. Man. Um, speaking of Oklahoma, they went off against Texas Tech, fifty-two to twenty-one. Caleb Williams, bro, he looks man. Good. I mean, he, there's no way you can't tell me he's not the clear starter. Yeah, right. the, the, he's he's definitely shut the door on the quarterback controversy. He threw for uh, four hundred and two yards and six touchdowns. Like that, that's an Oklahoma quarterback on, on twenty-three passes. Yeah. Like, that that's more similar to to what we expect from what we expected from Spencer Rattler, to be honest. Uh, but Oklahoma will get a real test not this week, but the next versus Baylor, uh, who's number twelve. Um, I like Baylor's chances, but we'll talk more about Baylor that. Baylor has next looked week. good. Do you think Spencer Rattler enters the transfer portal by the end of the season? If it okay, so if Caleb Williams continues to play like he does then it's his team next year. I mean, there, there's no argument to be made about Spencer Rattler coming back into the question. So if Caleb Williams continues to play, that's a big if because, again, he is has limited experience, so who knows? He can have a stretch of bad games. But throwing for 400 yards and six touchdowns, if you can do that week in and week out, especially getting wins against Baylor and Oklahoma State, then, yeah, Spencer Rattler will transfer. I for don't, sure. I don't know where, but um, it it almost makes no sense for him not to transfer. Uh, could you pull up what year Caleb Williams is? I, I have a hunch he's a freshman, but I don't want to say that. I think he's a wrong. sophomore. Redshirt right sophomore? No, nope. he is a freshman. True freshman. Oh, my gosh. True so, freshman coming in. So he so, so he can't go anywhere if he wanted to. So, yeah, he'll if he continues to play, that's 
that team's his. So yeah, there's I don't yeah. Spencer don't Spencer Rattler will have to go somewhere else to if he wants to, to play. Good riddance. He has not done thing. <laughs> <laughs> um number five, Ohio State beat number twenty Penn State, thirty three to twenty four. Uh, the turnovers really killed Penn State here, including a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Uh, an Ohio State big man scored that touchdown. It was uh, pretty fun to watch. But that's the third straight loss for Penn State. After after going into the <laughs> Iowa game undefeated, Iowa, after beating Penn State, two, lost two straight. Both teams since those games have lost all their games. And, and going into that, we're like, are they the are, are, are they, they the crown jewel did they, of the did Big they make Ten? It? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, man. So now they're on a skid uh, that is irrecoverable at this point. So now it's a it's a three way race between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State um, for the the Big Ten contention. So, and speaking of Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan State, who was ranked number eight, beat number six, Michigan in the last seconds. It was 37-33, the final score. Uh, it wasn't a good first quarter for Michigan State, though. They had two interceptions, and it was 10-0 Michigan. Uh, actually, it was <laughs> it was thirty to fourteen Michigan with six minutes to play in the third. So quarter and some change, uh, and uh, the comeback began. Kenneth Walker had 197 yards and five touchdowns on the day. Disgusting. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, talk about putting the team on your back down. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He said, no worries, guys, I got this, and went off. Uh, it, it was an interesting duality of teams, though. All the Michigan's touchdowns were passing touchdowns. All the Michigan State's touchdowns were rushing touchdowns. So they uh, took very different approaches, and it paid off more for Michigan State, um, which I can't remember a time Michigan State's been looked this good in football. They've they've had some some good rankings before, but yeah, I mean uh, they've touched top fifteen occasionally, but that, never. That's a, that's a statement win. Yeah, yeah that was huge. Um, number eighteen Auburn beat number ten Ole Miss thirty one to thirty one to twenty. Uh, it was the least amount of points Ole Miss has scored all season, including their game against Alabama which beat that game by a point. Uh, and it was a great game by Bo Nix. 276 yards, a passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. Those are Matt Corral numbers. Like, I, I, I was very impressed with the way Bo Nix played in that game. He had some really like creative plays, and when he shouldn't have gotten positive yards, he created it. I was really impressed with, um, honestly, his grit getting through that game. And honestly, shout out to Auburn's defense. Stopping Matt Corral to only holding him to one rushing TD, zero pass TDs, and his first or second interception of the season. Crazy. Yeah, I I think that that's what is making Bo Nix exciting this year is last year he got some pressure and he would make mistakes. He would throw the ball where he wasn't supposed to. He would create negative plays. But this year he's, he's working a lot smarter um, and it's paying off. But uh, they have a, a tough stretch ahead with number 14, Texas A&M, number 17, Mississippi State, South Carolina, then number two, Alabama. So uh, that's a, a gauntlet of a schedule to close out for Auburn. So we'll uh, they'll be hoping for Bo Nix to continue to play this way if, if they want to remain relevant in uh, any uh, further discussions for, for the postseason. Uh, Mississippi State beat number 12, Kentucky, 31-17. to Kentucky had four total turnovers, three interceptions from Will Levis, which he has nine total in the season. So a third of his interceptions came oh, in that man. game alone, um, which kind of it sucks for Kentucky because uh, it's always fun to see like underdogs like that rise up the rankings. But, you know, it's time to come back to earth, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, honestly, that was a fun game to watch because not only did um, Rogers throw for a TD, 
which is only one, but then 344 yards. However, we got to see Mike Leach does have some weapons in the run game and isn't just air raid. I mean, the run game was responsible for three TD or th- yeah, three TDs, 94 yards. Yeah. I was pretty impressed. I think running works well, uh, especially in the red zone with an air raid, because once you, once you have a lot of yards in front of you, it's easy to spread the field out. But once you get bunched up into the red zone, it's a lot harder to, to run an air raid just because you don't have as much field to cover or uh, enough to stretch out. Um, but you know, you get, you get a solid run game established and it, it makes those, those red zone trips a lot, a lot more successful than, than t- they typically are. So, um, yeah, that was a, a good, a good look from Mike Leach and, and Mississippi state, uh, Wisconsin beat number nine, Iowa 27 to seven. I guess Vegas saw something we didn't because <laughs> <laughs> last week we, we definitely said that, um, Iowa should be the favorite here, but, uh, that puts Iowa at number four in the big 10 West. Not in the Big Ten, the Big Ten West. Um, two bad games in a row for Spencer Petras, 93 yards passing, 20, negative 21 yards rushing, uh, but one TD. Uh, and let me formally say this, I apologize, Graham Mertz. I said you weren't a good quarterback last week. I, You may still not be a good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but 104 yards, a touchdown, and two rushing touchdowns is is a commendable effort uh, to, beat, to beat Iowa. So uh, my apologies, but... You, you still have you still have some stuff to uh, yeah i still think he's bad honestly i would just what i i'm just speed i mean how where does your defense go yeah and i think honestly after that penn state when they were like easy we got it easy from here on out and just let up on the gas that's yeah, it, sad yeah i know their their uh defense took took a couple injuries but it's not it's not excusable to to get beat out like that so um yeah, weird, weird turn of events for Iowa after the start of the season they had. Um, Miami beat number seventeen Pitt thirty-eight to thirty-four. Uh, two great games in a row from Tyler Van Dyke: four hundred and twenty-six yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And now Wake Forest is the beacon of light in the ACC. <laughs> There's no one challenging Wake Forest anymore for the uh, the ACC uh, title. So, you know. Uh, and that's a fair argument to make too. Wake Forest wins out, wins the ACC. If Clemson were to do that, no matter what year the ACC was having, if everyone was down, if Clemson won out and won the ACC, they would have gone to the college football playoffs. So there's another argument to be made that if, if Wake can win out and win the ACC, they have a shot at a play. They should have a shot at a playoff spot. Oh, they deserve it. Their yeah. offense looks unreal this year. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I, and like I said, I, any other team, they would, they would be given their shot. So, uh, I would like to see some, uh, uniformity there. Um, but looking ahead to the games this week, number two, Alabama plays LSU. Alabama is a, a minus 28 and a half point favorite. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I, uh, oh my gosh. I know, I know LSU is not really that great this year, but four touchdowns and a half. I'm going to take Alabama to win, but I don't think they cover. That's a discredit to their offense, honestly. Well, I mean, I haven't – at first I was like, okay, Alabama's defense. You know, we don't get to see this often, a good Alabama defense. But they've been giving up some points, like even to Tennessee, which has got a better offense, to Texas A&M, who's got a decent offense. But LSU's got a decent offense. I mean, that's crazy, 28 and a half. I can't believe that. Um, number 13, Auburn plays number 14, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a minus four and a half point favorite. Um, 
I like the way Bo Nix has been playing. Um, I would like to see him continue that against Texas A&M. I don't know if we will. Uh, part of this one's a tough one for me. I four and a half is a reasonable spread, but I personally have a slight lean towards Auburn. Um, I just see the momentum carrying after after the win against Ole Miss. Um, but to me, this this is a coin flip. Uh, yeah, I, I agree too. It's a really tough choice. It's going to come down to can Auburn stop Isaiah Spiller? Because I'm not really worried about Texas A&M's quarterback. Um, but I am also leaning towards Auburn because I, you're right. The momentum from that Ole Miss win should carry over here. And personally, I haven't seen much Texas A&M defense to stop Bo Nix unless he makes mistakes. But I'm leaning towards Auburn as well. Yeah, one edge that Texas A&M will have is playing at home with the the raucous crowd of Kyle Field. But um, if if Auburn can come in and and execute well, then I don't see any reason they they couldn't come out with a win. So um, that'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, number eleven, Oklahoma State is uh, playing West Virginia. They're a minus Oklahoma State. That is is a minus three and a half point favorite. Um, and I have Oklahoma State to win and cover in this game. It, I think it comes down to defense, and Oklahoma State's is just better than than West Virginia's defense, in my opinion. You know, I, I respect that decision, and it's probably the smart decision. But I'm gonna go wild card here, and I'm gonna actually pick West Virginia. I think they looked really good, even though I, Iowa State is in and out of the rankings. I think they looked really good against Iowa State, and um, was really impressed how their defense stood up there towards the end towards Ohio State and Iowa State, sorry. Um, and also drove on Iowa State's defense, which originally was really good this year. So I'm going to actually choose West Virginia over Oklahoma State to win, actually, not just cover. Will you uh, click on that Oklahoma State uh, tab right there, Austin, and pull up the FPI spread? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think West Virginia may have been favored uh, for FPI. If you'll just click GameCast. <clears throat> Um, I could be wrong. Uh, Ooh, not, not quite. Close, it's it's fifty four point eight for Oklahoma State, but yeah, a, a toss up game. Um, but we'll see. It'll be if Oklahoma State does lose, though that that uh, oh, that, that shakes up the Big Twelve yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that kind of hurts Oklahoma's. Yeah, Oklahoma's resume. Um, number 18, Kentucky is, uh, playing Tennessee. The spread's even, so it's a coin flip. Mm. Uh, FPI gives a slight edge to UT at 51.3%. Um, and I would agree with that. I think I like the way that Heupel's been using Hendon Hooker. Their offense is, is looking good. Uh, uh, not quite great, but good. Um, they're playing at Kentucky, but, um, I, I I'm going to take UT to win this one. Yeah, I think going into this week, uh, or I guess from last week going into this week, I would have been like, Kentucky wins, Kentucky's offense looks really good. But after the losses of Mississippi State, Will Levis' three interceptions, and seeing how well, honestly, the pass game did against Kentucky with a mix of run in there, I think I'm going to choose also Tennessee, surprisingly, to win this game, even at Kentucky. Um, the only caveat is if Hendon Hooker gets hurt, and Joe Milton oh, comes in. Oh, bro! <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Kentucky all the way. <laughs> There's no chance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and put Joe my money Milton behind does, Joe Milton. Does not. Honestly, I wouldn't put money on the game at all because there is a chance Hendon Hooker could get hurt. Yeah. 
Um, because I mean, he did well, go down. Did he go down? On the, he went down in the Ole Miss game yeah. at the end. And Alabama, I don't think he played every snap, um, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah, I would not be uh, I would not be putting money behind uh, Hinton Hooker, no. or, I mean, Joe Milton, no. to win any games. Yeah. Um, number nine, Wake Forest plays North Carolina this weekend. North Carolina is a minus two-and-a-half point favorite, and... FPI gives them a fifty four point nine percent chance to win, and your face is the face I made when I when I read that that was the line. I was like, something confuses me here. Like, okay, if we if we transition backwards, or if we if we let's flash back, we said the same thing about Iowa Wisconsin. So I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous because they might know something we don't personally. But that's crazy because Wake Forest offense. There, I just North Carolina. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I just I, I don't have words. Like, I mean, I think Wake Forest's offense and defense are better than than North Carolina's. And I mean, North Carolina's four and four. Four and four. Like, man. yeah, I, I just this is this is a game that that or a line that really confused me. Um, we got it wrong last week, but I'm gonna take Wake again. I'm going against Vegas because oh, yeah. that just confuses the hell out of me. I might just put money on the game. <laughs> what's what's the over? <laughs> Uh, the over under seventy six point five. Now, granted, Wake Forest is going to put up points. I don't think North Carolina puts up as much well, points as. Well, remember what Wake Forest and Army did. <laughs> that is true. They, they, no, okay. At the beginning of that game, they were like, "How many, how many, how many touchdowns do you think we can score? How, how big, how big do you think we can make our combined score?" They had a, a gentleman's agreement before the game that they, <laughs> they weren't going to allow defense. <laughs> Not allowed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. Confuses the hell out of me, but we'll see. Sam, I mean, Sam Howell's not not had the season that he was supposed to have. Um, their defense is is not as good as Wake Forest, so I, I'm not. I looked at the injury report too, and and everyone in Wake Forest is healthy, it's so fine, yeah. there's really not oh, not any reason goodness. for for me to understand. That's gonna this, be a so. fun game to watch if you're a Wake Forest fan, because yeah. Wake Forest is gonna throw all over. Um, transitioning over to the NFL, the Packers handed the Cardinals their first loss of the season, twenty four to twenty one. Uh, rumor has it that AJ Green still hasn't turned around to look for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's still sitting in the end zone trying to figure out where it's at. Um, the Cardinals defense had a solid goal line stance uh, towards the end of the game. They drove nearly 99 yards in in seconds, uh, and then it it fell short. And the real kicker is watching the, that last drive. Christian Kirk's wide open on on the goal line. Um, it was just a really quick read. I mean, Murray was throwing the ball almost as soon as it got into his hands. It was unfortunate that AJ Green didn't turn around, but um, if he would have went to a second read, Christian Kirk was right there for the for the game winning touchdown. So, um, an unfortunate look, but that's how that's how games work. Uh, that's how you I win mean, some, you lose some. From a veteran receiver, yeah, you know, I gr- I get it. He's on a new team, but to just not I, turn around, <laughs> I, I have to believe that he thought that it was a different play. There's yeah, there's there's gotta be no Cause, way because his release off the line was slower than all three of the other receivers, and he was in a position that looked like he was blocking. It almost looked like he was expecting the run, but they passed, yeah, and passed. he he never turned around. So it's like, yeah, oh, it's man. a it's a bad look, but you know mistakes happen. Uh, I. Uh, I wouldn't expect many more of those mistakes from him the rest of the season. He'll be uh, oh, he'll yeah. be p's and q's for the rest yeah. of the season. There's no way. Um, the Patriots beat the Chargers twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, it was seventeen sixteen Chargers at the end of the third, but a pick six and two point conversion gave the Pats a lead that they wouldn't give up. Uh, it was a two touchdown, two interception game from Justin Herbert. Um, 
How do you feel about the Patriots playoff chances now? <laughs> okay, let's let's be realistic here. Personally, I, I rescind my state from last week. There is a chance. Uh, I can see they have a chance. Their defense stepped it up um, amazingly uh, this week. And also, they didn't do too bad about, against the Cowboys. I didn't give them much credit for that. But, but, they're not going to win their division. They're one game behind the Bills. They're not going to win their division. <laughs> it's the Buffalo Bills. They're not going to win their division. I think to get a wild card spot is real tough, um, especially. Uh, let me let me let me tell you. Yeah, this. especially with the AFC North right now. If the season ended right now, the Patriots be the first team out of the playoffs on the AFC side. They'd be the first team out of the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're, so they're, they're on the brink right they're now. They're the first team on the bubble. And the way the AFC has been dropping games. This is true. I mean, with the Browns. Oh, the Browns look. The Chargers look not looking too good those last two weeks, even coming the, off a bye week. The Chargers are the team at the very end of the playoffs. Yeah, spots. yeah. I so. didn't know. I figured they're at the bottom. Um, the Chiefs just barely beat the oh, Giants. Yeah, that, like, that, yeah, we'll like I, I just... Uh, honestly, yeah, they have a chance because... This NFL season is crazy. The AFC is particularly the, the AFC is dropping games that they just shouldn't be. I remember when we were like the AFC West is the, is like the NFC West, and then we've got the Broncos just losing streak. Chiefs not good. Chargers drop two games. Raiders <laughs> like yeah. What? I would not have predicted Raiders at the top no, of the AFC West. Not at all. Um, the Jets beat the the Bengals thirty four to thirty one. A great quarterback battle. Uh, Burrow had two hundred fifty nine yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And Mr. Mike White has 405 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he was the leading passing yard quarterback for that week. Uh, a better, Some better in New Jersey won $125,000 for, for that. Oh, man. Um, crazy. Uh, so now the question is, who's the problem? Is it, is it the Jets coaching <laughs> or is it Zach Wilson? Because if Mike White can come out that, there and do that, I mean. Well, Let's let's look back at Zach Wilson's college career. He played for BYU, man. Yeah. I mean, they they get some upsets. That's great. And granted, he really probably is a good quarterback, and he needs better developing. But man, Mike White to be it was like the first quarterback to throw four hundred yards, three hundred yards even, but four hundred yards in like twenty two years. Well, and, as a backup, he comes in and does that. And now we're seeing Sam Darnold have some struggles again with <laughs> at the with the the Panthers. With the so Panthers, it's like man. so it's like I mean maybe it, maybe it is a quarterback issue like. I mean, let me tell you this. If Mike White has another couple games like that, Zach Wilson won't be starting anymore. No, no, there's no way. Then, honestly, it will be a quarterback problem. It's no longer a Jets yeah. problem if Mike White keeps this up. So um, The Bengals are a weird team, though. Like, <laughs> they lost to the Bears and the Jets, but then they get a win against the Ravens. A, a 41-17 to 17 win against yeah. the Ravens. Not just like a oh, game-winning field goal, like a blowout win. Yeah, I I have no idea what's going on with, with the Bengals, but you know I mean, they're they're going to be a really threatening wild card team. I feel bad for like Bengals fans. Like you're just watching, like oh my gosh, we just beat the Ravens, and then you're like, we dropped to the Jets. Like, yeah. I mean, look at the, the Titans dropped to the Jets though. The Jets have taken down two big teams. Hey, kind of crazy, and they have nobody. I couldn't let I, no no stars personally, in my opinion. So yeah, um, the Saints beat the Bucks thirty six twenty seven. Tampa Bay came back from being down twenty three to seven. It was twenty nine to twenty seven Saints with just under two minutes left. 
Uh, Brady gets the ball for a game-winning drive and, and throws a pick six. Pretty uncharacteristic, but uh, had 375 yards and four, four touchdowns and two interceptions on the day. Um, Winston went out with an ACL tear in the uh, second quarter, and Trevor, Trevor Simeon stepped in. Um, it's I don't think it's been said who will take over the starting quarterback role. I assume it'll be Simeon. Um, Taysom Hill's still out with a concussion, it seems. So um, as of right now, it... it it seems to be Trevor Simeon who's going to start, but um, also kind of a weird game for me. It's like that's that's a game the Bucks should have won. I, I'm I'm not they still didn't have Gronk play or Antonio Brown, so um, but when you're four, throwing four touchdowns, I mean you need you need some defensive help at that point. Yeah, and also something crazy. Michael Thomas is out for the season now after supposing to come back this week. He's also out. Not that I, you know, not that I don't think he would make that big of a difference with how honestly decent the Saints have been playing, but yeah, he he didn't. Um, he played. Uh, I don't think he played that well last year, did he? No, he had a, he had a really bad off year, coming off one of the best years of his life. Yeah. Um. That's I didn't know that because I knew he was on the pup list, but that's kind of crazy. Um, speaking of injuries, the Steelers beat the uh, broken down Browns fifteen to ten. Uh, Dearness Johnson was the sole touchdown scorer for the Browns. Uh, and I know they have injury problems, but there's too much talent on the Browns roster to score one touchdown. Like, it's it's borderline unacceptable, especially if, if you're the, the coach of the Browns trying to, to build morale. It's like, we can't score any points. What, what the hell are we supposed to do? Like, Odell Beckham got one reception. Did you see the... Uh... Yeah. Odell Senior said well, he's now, not wrong. Well, now it it there's question whether Odell will even play again for the Browns. Oh, I did see something about that. Okay, so here's the thing. Odell's a great receiver. That that one catch with the Giants made a big name for himself. I don't think he's as good as everyone's making him out to be. But it's honestly ridiculous that he's not getting more receptions with the name that he has made for himself. But also, if if we pan away from that. Nick Chubb only getting 61 yards off 16 carries. I get it. It's his first game back coming off injury, but I honestly expected more from him. And, and Darius Johnson with four carries for 22 yards and a touchdown, give him the ball more. If he's going to average five yards a carry, like let the hot hand run. Like uh, maybe an error there. Um, another interesting thing I found, the Steelers went for two after their first touchdown of the game late in the third quarter, still down 9-10. to 10. They have a chance to just tie it with a field goal. The first touchdown they score, there's not a guarantee you're going to score another one, and you go for two. I mean, luckily for them, they scored again, tried another two-point conversion, and failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, maybe uh, maybe some some game-planning issues with, with the Steelers there, but 15-10 um, 15, 15 to 10 is, a, is an odd score for... An AFC North game. Um, the Titans beat the Colts uh, 34 to 31 in overtime, but lost Derrick Henry for the remainder of the season, uh, which will be undoubtedly huge to the the long term success of the Titans. Um, they're in a good spot in the AFC now. AFC South right now, they're three games ahead of the Colts and own both of the head to head matchups. Um, but you know, you lose your your main production and. Uh, some questions arise to, to how capable your team's going to be. Um, 
May have been a uh, Colts win had a pick six not been thrown with less than two minutes left in the fourth. Uh, the Colts still managed to drive afterwards and, and tie it up to force overtime thanks to a 42-yard pass interference penalty. Um, so some mistakes on both sides, but um, huge win for the Titans to win both head-to-head games, uh, especially especially as you look towards the AFC South standings and understand that the Jags and Texans aren't going to challenge at all. So it, it was necessary. Yeah, I agree. And I think another important thing to notice is, especially with Derrick Henry going out, is us finally seeing the A.J. Brown we saw last season. I mean, putting up 155 yards and a TD, uh, that's what you need now that you've lost Henry. I don't know what McNichols is going to do personally. I'm not sold on him going to be coming, him going to be able to come in and put up a lot of yards. But seeing A.J. Brown do well is really good news for the Titans because and it's Henry's a huge part of their offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you brought in Julio and and have AJ Brown. There's there's no reason your receiving core shouldn't be put up, putting up better numbers than what they have so far. So, uh, if that's what it takes for the receivers to finally have to step up, then you know, so be it. I mean, it, it sucks, but uh, that's that's what makes good teams great is responding to adversity and and being able to overcome injuries such as Henry's. Um, the Eagles destroyed the losing lines, forty four to six. Uh, but let me just say this, Nick Sirianni, shoot yourself into the sun. <laughs> Are you serious? My waiver wire pick last week, as any listener would know, was Kenneth Gainwell, who has been taking snaps from the starter, Miles Sanders, all season long. What happens when Miles Sanders gets hurt? A rational, normal person says, you put in the person who's been taking his reps. But you know, logic be damned because that's not what happened. Uh, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, who is, was on the practice squad, come in, take the reps, the meaningful reps. Granted, Kenneth Gainwell got one extra carry than either of them did, but it was in garbage time. Didn't really matter. Both other running backs get two touchdowns apiece, And my fantasy just got destroyed on that pick. So, you know, thanks a lot, Nick Sirianni. What did he put up? Point one, point uh, four. He put up like two and some change. Oh my god! Less than three points. That is. Yep. Tragic. Yep. <laughs> I he's not my waiver wire pick this week, but I went ahead and picked up Boston Scott to replace Kenneth Gainwell, <laughs> and I swear. Sorry, <laughs> Kenneth. <laughs> I swear, if Kenneth Gainwell starts this week. I'm giving up fantasy. Like, <laughs> Bro, I will not have yeah. another waiver wire pick. Yeah, you squeaked out a win last week because you also had Ridley, who was decided inactive. he just wasn't going to play an hour yeah. for the game. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about Ridley just because I don't know what's going on. I don't know the situation. Something serious could be going on. Granted, however, an hour before the game, man, you're killing me. Like, like, I, need, I, need to, I need to know that the night before. Oh, or even like the morning. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. News. Nine, like, 9 a.m. Not yeah, an hour perfect. before the game. Yeah. You can't really like. Uh, oh. And then and then Kyle Pitts three points. Like what's going on? <laughs> Calvin Ridley's out. You need to be getting like hey, you eight have receptions. Like what is even happening right now to get to the fantasy championship? Hey, still so. pulling through. Uh, you know. Um. So you know whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Hiriani. Go. <laughs> I, I have explosives, and I'm gonna let run through this airwave about Nick Hiriani right now, but they're not good. Um. Anywho. It was 44 to 6, and it wasn't a single passing touchdown. So, 
Yeah, whoever had Jalen Hurts, I am sorry. Because yeah. that was a running and defense game for the Eagles. And, and yeah, the Lions just, come on, man. Uh, not not good at all. Oh, and eight. Yeah. I mean, they may not win a game. I I, I don't. I looked at their schedule. I don't think they, they can pull one out. And, and here's something that's interesting to me. The number one projected draft pick right now is Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, defensive lineman. Lions fans are, like, excited to get him. I'm like, you don't need Thibodeau. <laughs> what you need is some receivers. Defense isn't the problem here. <laughs> yeah, De- DeAndre Swift being your leading receiver is the is the root problem for the Lions right now. You can't score points because you're relying on one running back to do everything. Goff needs somebody to throw to. It can't be, Burks. It can't, I mean, yeah. you, you can't tell me you're not going to pick the, him. Yeah, I mean... I, based off need, or at least if you don't... You know what? If you personally don't want to pick him and you think you can get Trayvon later trade trade down trade down or trade up I mean yeah yeah there's just no way you're picking a defensive end bro like Lions fans don't be excited um and then the Chiefs squeaked by the Giants 20 to 17 and they still don't look good uh I don't even think they make the playoffs I mean I can almost assuredly say they don't make the playoffs this year which going into the season never would have guessed that but um who would have known Gosh. Uh, looking forward to this week, though. The Browns play the Bengals. The Bengals are a minus two and a half point favorite. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, OBJ has been having some some issues with his role in the organization. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has not had any communications with him this week. He was told he did not have to come to practice Wednesday, so he did not. Um, his his dad, like you said, has been sharing stuff, uh, blaming mainly Mayfield for the lack of involvement for for Odell Beckham. Um, as of right now, OBJ says he intends to play Sunday, uh, but rumor has that the Browns may be looking to release him. Um, so, you know, maybe some wa- waiver wire moves coming up for OBJ. Uh, so given all of that, I'm going to take the Bengals to win and cover. Um, I think there might be some organizational issues with the Browns right now. Um, and they, I mean, they're just not looking good. Injury, hampered by injuries, hampered by this. Uh, can't seem to get anything going. So uh, that's my pick. No, I agree. I think Bengals win and cover, um, especially with the Browns only scoring 10 points against the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow, even though he's throwing interceptions per game, still playing great football, throwing 300 plus yards, three TDs. I mean, I don't think you'll be able to stop that. And uh, Joe Mixon has looked great all season. Who were, I didn't see that one coming. So I think, I think they beat the Browns and cover. Uh, the Packers play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a minus seven and a half point favorite uh, and have a 58.9% chance, according to FBI. Uh, most will have seen the news that Rodgers will be out due to COVID. Uh, so Jordan Love will be getting his first start for the Packers. Um, but I just see, I, I see Packers winning this still. Like, I understand that Rodgers is a huge asset, but. Devontae Adams is a huge asset. Aaron Jones is a huge asset. You know, like they still have weapons for Jordan Love to to be successful. And the Chiefs ain't been playing well. They won, they beat the Giants by three points. I mean, if you can say that the Packers with Jordan Love are just anything better than the Giants, which I think they are, then I still see the Packers winning this game. So No, I completely agree. I think even though Jordan Love hasn't really seen many snaps. I think 
he's ready to come in against a terrible Chiefs defense, personally, especially against the pass game. And with Adams there, with Jones there, honestly, with Cobb, and you've got some at least reliable receivers that you can just do screen. You can, I mean, there's in with just how bad the Chiefs are playing, and honestly, how good the Packers' defense is. I don't see. I just can't. Let, let me see. play. Let me play this scenario in your head for a second. Jordan Love comes in, has a day like Mike White, say 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Rodgers is out due to COVID. Rumors are swirling. He's not vaccinated. How bad does that look for Rodgers, especially how pissed off he was about them drafting Jordan Love in the first place, that Jordan Love comes in, plays an amazing game, and it's all due to Rodgers' own fault. What a look that would be for Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, especially on potentially his last year with the Packers. Yeah. I mean, talk about a way to go out, honestly, having Jordan Love come in and do that. But honestly, that's kind of exciting for Packers fans to see that you have a quarterback that can come in and do that. Um, all hypothetical. All hypothetical. Yeah, so but he could that, he could come in and be terrible. That but, would be just – I would be but, blown away. Yeah, that, that, that would be an uh, interesting turn of events for sure. But Packers plus seven and a half for yeah. sure. Uh, the Titans are playing the Rams. The Rams are a minus seven and a half point favorite. Uh, we're, we'll get to see how the Titans respond without Derrick Henry for a full game. Um, but the Rams look real good. They're rolling. They're going to win. And I think they're going to cover. And let's just talk about without Derrick Henry, yes, but the Rams just signed Vaughn Miller. Yep. I'm sorry, Titans, but I don't think y'all cover this game. Um, I am terrified to see this score. They they haven't said whether or not Von Miller will play yet. Uh, it looks like they might they might slowly transition him in. So which I think is better for Von Miller because that'll give him time to learn the defense, get acclimated, and build that brothership with with the other players of the organization. But yeah, that's a nasty pickup. I by mean, the Rams. you've got Jalen Ramsey in the backfield, Von Miller right there linebacker, and you've got Aaron Donald on the line. I mean, arguably a captain of defense in each section of your defense. Oh my gosh. That's just terrifying. Honestly. I, I appreciate Austin pulling up a great quote. I went to sleep four and four and woke up seven and one from Von. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that's, that's perfect. That's nice. Um, yeah. A great chance for Von Miller to, uh, to potentially, uh, you know, r- make a run at another Super Bowl with, with a new team. Um, so yeah, Rams, Rams win Rams cover uh, Cowboys Broncos. Cowboys are minus 10 point favorite. Um, I can't think of any reason why the Cowboys don't win this. Um, and I could see them covering as well. Uh, the Broncos have been having some major issues and now Noah Fant is looking to be out with COVID. So um, not a whole lot of pieces for Denver to work with right here. Yeah, no. And especially with how well Dallas has been playing, uh, they're six and one, which is crazy. And I definitely would not have predicted going into the season. Um, I expected the whole NFC East to just be bad. The garbage again. again. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, even the Eagles are doing it. I, I, besides the point, besides the point, Cowboys win, Cowboys cover. The Broncos, I don't think, can stop them. Even though they have a decent defense, despite losing Von Miller. I, I would just like to say I've been I've been behind the Eagles, except last week. <laughs> last last week, the Eagles did me dirty. But I've been, I've been saying the Eagles are a little bit underrated just because they've been playing a really tough schedule. Um, I, I mean... Playoff team probably not, but a sneaky team that can that can get some wins against solid opponents. You think uh, uh, you think they beat the Chargers this week? I think it, they're favored actually. It no Chargers are minus one and a half, I believe. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I could see him beating the Chargers, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. Minus one and a half. So. Yeah, I'm not sold on, especially with how well the Eagles played defense this week. Yeah. I'm kind of scared, but there's um, a chance. Boston Scott better have himself <laughs> a game. Like, you better make it up to me. Four touchdowns at least. Can the Daniels going to go off? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals are playing the 49ers. Arizona is only a uh, one point favorite. Uh, However, Murray and Hopkins are both questionable this week. Um, if both are out, the spread is, I would say, likely uh, a really close game. But if both are either, specifically Kyler Murray, are able to play, I think the odds swing much more favorably to the Cardinals. Um, if, if both were healthy, healthy, I could see this being a 7.5-point spread. Um, but granted that there are question marks on their ability to play, um, I'm gonna still take the cards to cover. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, the 49ers got to win against the Bears. That's not enough for you to keep it that close, personally. Cardinals win. Cardinals cover. Their offense looked good against a good Packers defense. They're seven and one, four and zero in their division. There's no way they don't win this game or cover it. Yeah. Um, what's your best bet going into this week? So my best bet going into this week, you know, I was thinking. Bengals are taking on a broken down Browns team. That looks good. I was thinking the Packers plus seven and a half looks great. But what looks even better, Raiders minus three against the Giants. I think the Raiders win that by double digits. Now, the Giants kept it close with the Chiefs, but the Raiders have looked really good. Um, And personally, I think the Eagles have a better defense than the Giants. So I think the Raiders come in, even with the loss of Henry Ruggs, which... Yeah. Man, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Man? Uh, that, that's it's a terrible look. Like, I, I just so much potential and talent, and there's no excuse. Like he, I will say that he deserves every single year of jail of jail time that he gets. He does, and it, it it's just sad to see such potential wasted. But man, you've got to be smart. But regardless of that, Raiders minus three. Yep, uh, Raiders have had a, t- a ton of issues. Oh this my season. gosh, <laughs> what about adversity, bro? <laughs> Holy, Josh Jacobs constantly being hurt. Gruden freaking gone and now henry ruggs just yeah. your draft pick wasted yep tough looks for the raiders um my best bet for the week is packers plus seven and a half um i they may not win but getting beat by a touchdown or more it just doesn't seem likely with this chiefs team um so um yeah i, I would expect a close game if not a packers win uh what about waiver wire so waiver wire don't even go back to the nursing home. Stay I was thinking McNichols, bro. I was like, you know, I really think he could pull out a good game. But then I was like, man, the Rams have a decent defense against the run game. So then I thought, man, what happened with your pick last week? Kenneth Gainwell and what happens people on the practice squad coming and get reps? You know who's on the Titans practice squad right now? Retirement home. Adrian Peterson, baby. Now listen, don't, don't start him this week. Pick him up because he will get reps in the season pick him up let him sit on the bench see when he does start see how well he does because i'm going to tell you he is going to fit so well into that offense a three-time nfl rushing leader granted he is old i was right about randall cobb last week i'm going to be right about peterson throughout the rest of the season if he stays healthy he will play at some point and he will split reps with mcnichols once he gets integrated into the titans team and he will be at least a flex player for your team that's, I'm going to end my rant right there. Yeah, I will admit your your retirement pick last week was a good pick. And I even touchdowns. said he would score two TDs. So. Um, 
I will not be going to the retirement home this week. <laughs> uh, here, this one, okay, this one's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a a deep move. So if if you're in a deep league, this this might be a good move. Uh, but Tajay Sharp, he 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 is the backup to Calvin Ridley. He plays a slot position in, in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley is going to have an extended absence. We don't know how long. He's rostered in less than one percent of leagues, but. He's averaged 10 points in the two games he's played in Ridley's absence against the Jets and Cardinals, the fifth and sixth ranked fantasy pass defenses. So fairly decent defenses for, for terrible teams. Well, the Cardinals are not a terrible team, but for the Jets, two bad pass def- or two good pass defenses, averaging 10 points. He gets a matchup against the Saints this week, which is the 29th ranked defense. So at least 10 points is what you could expect, in my opinion, from Tajay Sharp while Calvin Ridley's out. Um, Kyle Pitts is still is still a viable option in, in Atlanta. Not a waiver option, obviously, but um, he could take reps away from Tajay Sharp, but he got three points last week, so I don't even know what their game plan is in Atlanta. So I mean, At this point, yeah, it's um, unpredictable. But if Calvin Ridley's in, you know he's getting receptions, and, and Tajay Sharp seems to be uh, that guy when, when Calvin's out. So... Again, deep league, give it a shot. I picked him up, so we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna take a chance. Yeah, it's <laughs> a rough uh, week anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have I have several uh, bench players this week, so need some help. But that's my pick. Got anything else? Mm. Let's just real quick as we wrap up talk about injuries. Yeah, last season. NFL total, whether it was just for a week or whatever, 801 injuries reported. This season already, we have 433. A lot of those coming from the running back position, which have, over the years, increasingly got worse. Not just concussions, a lot of knee injuries, leg injuries. Is it something that, first, do we go over 801, actually, this season? Second, is it something that the teams are doing and not preparing the running backs is what yes. is going on there. You think, you think it's that? Yes. Look at every running back that's been injured and ask yourself, what are they responsible for on the team? Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry. They are required to put the entire team on their back, rush 30 times a game. If they don't score two or three touchdowns a game, the team loses. They have to carry the entire weight of the franchise. And in, in, in a position where the running back Running backs have the shortest life of any NFL player. They have, they, they, I mean, think about, think about this. If you're an NFL running back, every single time you touch the ball, you have to run past 300 pound men that are grabbing you, pushing on you, falling into you. It's a lot of damage. And when you take so many reps all the time, game in, game out, season over season, it's no surprise you get hurt. I mean, Look at other teams that that split their that split running back reps or who don't really have to rely on the running back, far less injuries. Or if they do get injured, a week or two. They're not tearing ACLs, they're not having season injury ending surgeries. They're they're not they're not like killing their running backs, to be honest. I mean, every single team that that relies on their running back to do all of the work for them is just tearing the tires right off of them. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely something that that teams are are causing to their running backs. Yeah, I agree. I think also, side note, if you ever pick Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley with the first round pick ever again, you <laughs> literally don't know how to play fantasy football because off these last two years, bad idea. Anyways, um, I agree. I think we'll see a lot more um, 
run games like the Browns have. Granted, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both got hurt recently, but they're already but back. Again, they're, yeah, yeah they're Chubb's back. back. So. Hunt's going to be back in a couple weeks. But I definitely think we'll see more of that or at least something similar to kind of Oregon's play in an option game um, where you have a quarterback that can run like Lamar and a good running back because, man, I mean, just to see the injuries, even like David Montgomery, who obviously took a lot of reps because you have Andy Dalton as quarterback or Justin Fields, hurt. I mean, man, it, it's just – it. it's sad to see, but I agree. I think um, it's definitely a team thing. I think we'll get over 801 injuries this season. But I also think we'll see a transition and run games for a lot of teams after this season because, I mean, even the Packers are doing it between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones have been splitting reps. Um, so I think teams are noticing that and tr- going to try to figure that out. Yeah, you, you almost need a two-back set or – good receivers, solid receiving options that, that can get, take some reps. Um, I'll say this too. Over the NFL games I've watched this, this season, quite a few of them, the taunting penalties. Are you oh, kidding man, me? Man, don't even get me started. It cost the Chargers the game me? against the Cowboys, in my opinion. I think it completely cost them the game. You can't even, you can't even glare menacingly at another player anymore without getting a penalty. 15 yards. It, it, 15 oh, yards it. It used for to be penalty. like unsportsmanlike conduct, five yards, ten years. Now it's fifteen. That's that's that, that's a holding penalty. Four doesn't yeah, field goal position from your own yard line, basically. Yeah, that it's crazy. That like what I, I don't understand the direction of the league. I, I get not trying to start fights and stuff like Miles Garrett and uh <laughs> Mason Rudolph kind of situations, but saying saying talking trash is part of let sports. Him talk it, yeah, let them talk I, about it makes the game more fun. Any, anywhere from peewee to professional sports, I have not met anyone who doesn't like to talk trash when they're competing. That's part of it. So, like, the menacing glares, the, the standing in people's faces, I get that there are boundaries. You can't be pushing people. You can't be grabbing their face masks. You can't – don't touch them, okay? Don't, don't spit on them. Don't do any of that kind of shit. But – Talking some trash. Talk or talk. Throw up peace stand, 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 puffing your chest look, out. Yeah, him. look at it. Like, what is that? Like, you're, you're calling, you're, you're changing the game just because someone gets emotional and, and just wants to let off. Let Next off is going to be yeah. taking away celebrations. Yeah. It, well, they, they said that it's, it's in an effort to not create ill will between teams. That's the point of football. It, you're telling me that. Cowboys players are supposed to be like friends with Eagles players. No, it's a bitter rivalry. A, they yeah. hate each other. And look at look at why, baseball, like the Yankees Red Sox. Yeah, why would you back want and forth? Them? Yeah, yeah, like you don't want. The, granted, players have respect for each other. Don't like just hate each other, but like build up that rivalry. That's honestly yeah. what's going to bring more money, like and, more and, everything. And that's the thing too. Most of the time, players who talk trash to each other are the better friends because they know how to get under each other's skin. They've known each other for a while, and it's a professional friendly rivalry these 15 yard penalties for taunting is just insane it's asinine like you you can't change a game for talking trash so you know uh, i don't get it and i think that's probably the most egregious nfl rule change of this that i've noticed of the season so um i don't i don't know if my sentiments echoed uh, amongst others but uh it's definitely a uh an issue for me yeah but, i agree on that note, we'll uh, we'll close it out. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next week on the Cast.